Welcome to the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. Join us as we explore the future of farming, food, and nutrition. I'm talking with Dr. Amy Coleman, CEO and founder of WellSmart and author of the book, Discovering Your Own Doctor Within. Dr. Coleman, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Nicole. It's great to be here. Thank you. You have such an interesting background from serving as the first female commander of the U.S. Air Force Special Operations Clinic to being selected as the primary physician for four-star generals, U.S. embassies, special forces teams, and even to NASA for space shuttle support missions. From being a fighter pilot and going with an instinct of what you call flying with the feel to gut decisions in our everyday lives, your ethos seems to be all about listening to yourself and how the gut could or should be the loudest voice. Can you tell me about the first time that your gut talked to you and you listened? Oh, that is a great question, Nicole. I believe that's something that we uh, inherit and grow into, actually. Uh, you know, we can be as children um, given examples of how to do that or how not to do that. And hopefully there's a path that allows us to find our way. Uh, I believe the biggest gut instinct came to me uh, during 9-11. At that time, I was an intern uh, after medical school, finishing up my internship year. And my my granddad, who was a sergeant major in the Marines, had always said, you know, go into the Air Force. They'll pay your way to school. And you know, uh, it's it was a great idea. He said, you know, they, they've got, you know, great technology. They treat women well. And wherever you go, you fly in style. So I said, why not? And um, when I went into medical school, they picked up the tab. Now, I had the opportunity to go through my residency uh, before I started becoming an active duty uh, doctor for the military. But when 9-11 happened, right after I had finished medical school in my internship year, I decided to defer my residency and just go in immediately active duty. And that actually allowed me a great benefit and opportunity to be a flight surgeon, which uh, was um, really a gut instinct to go in that direction. And it's made all the difference because as a physician, I was able to really meet my patients where they are, boots on the ground, in their facilities and their squadrons and where they work, and see their environment and really experience what they were experiencing. And for the first time, I really learned teamwork in a way that never is taught in medical school or even doctors working together. That's kind of a, (laughs) that's not something that happens a lot of times. So so in the military, I've really learned teamwork and how to see my patient as uh, equal to myself and, and just as important as making the decisions in their own health as I was. So yeah, uh, listening to my gut and that made all the difference in how my style as a physician developed. And your path. Yeah, exactly. Admittedly, I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. I listen Mm -hmm. probably to too many things affecting me, both mentally and physically. How do you drown out the unnecessary bits of information and focus on what's really going on inside? Oh, that's a super question, Nicole. You know, a lot of people come to me and ask that. Uh, They have trouble sleeping because of that. You know, they, they might start the day with one thought that's concerning to them, and by the end of the day, they have a snowball of thoughts just like it that just gather around. And so we really have to kind of decide, you know, what track do we want to take? Uh, I call it the monkey mind that makes us want to, you know, just turn over furniture and just uh, be destructive like a monkey in a room, just, you know, losing control. And those type of thoughts actually drive you to a way of being, which is a survival mode. And that survival mode is is actually driven by neurotransmitters that are really meant for you to run from a bear or a dinosaur or whatever's threatening you. And to live in that state is really chaos. So 
if we choose to listen to those thoughts that just continuously multiply in our head, it drives us to those fight or flight states, which are exhausting to the mind and the body. And so, you know, uh, one of the things that I do is actually get out in nature. I find that nature resets you. She's got a uh, he, she, or whatever you want to call it, is uh, an energy in a, of itself that just kind of has a way of letting time stand still around you, finding your focus in something that's beautiful, creating a sense of awe for yourself. And when you do that, you actually uh, are increasing the quality of your thoughts, just like the quality of food you eat or the quality of air you breathe. It's going to make you feel much better. And so once you get in those states of awe and thankfulness and inspiration that nature can provide, then oftentimes you find yourself settling down and the thoughts that come with those type of inspired awe moments are, um, you know, just a, a cut above all the rest. And I prefer to live there. So uh, actually one of the disciplines on my journey through this life is really just to make that a discipline to completely create those types of moments. Wherever I am, I call it my walking meditation. I've heard you refer to a phenomenon called the nocebo effect. Can you explain what that is? Right. So, you know, we are all familiar with the placebo effect, and that's when you're taking something that could just be a sugar pill, but you're feeling the effects of it as if it's something that's uh, quite potent. And that actually wraps around the understanding of the power of your beliefs. You know, a lot of times people uh, and physicians alike, they, they call the placebo effect something that is uh, to be ignored or just to uh, you know, talk about it uh, around the water cooler as just an interesting effect. But it's much, much more than that because a, a person's belief system uh, really runs their life. And a belief system actually fuels you to either become more relaxed in your day-to-day -day walk of your life or feel more threat. And so you really do have to meet people where they are in their belief set. And if someone is taking a pill they don't believe in or that they feel is going to cause them a bad effect, you really start to have to look at that constructed thought that's been created because a thought is a thing. And that mental construct can build within a person a resistance, resistance against taking what you're offering them. And if you're building resistance in a person, it's like arm wrestling them uh, on an energetic level or a mental level. And with that, every time they take the pill, they've got uh, increased risk of, of having actually the uh, side effects side of those medicines, which aren't the helpful si side effects, but the ones that cause you know, some kind of suffering. So the nocebo effect is when someone takes a pill and has the opposite of being helpful, but just feeling all of the side effects. And a lot of times that comes with um, an internal dialogue they, they have of a belief set that wasn't met by their physician, and they felt like they were kind of pushed, something was pushed on them. Communicating with just coworkers, family and loved ones can be challenging. How does someone communicate effectively with their physician if, if they don't feel like they want to do what they're saying? Oh, that's such a great question, too. Uh, you know, what I would say is you always have to find the provider that matches your, uh, your belief set in ways that uh, allow you to be team, a team working uh, group together. There are physicians out there that are looking to do that with patients, and a lot, a lot of times it's more uh, integrative, holistic, uh, functional medicine-type uh, physicians um, because, unfortunately, the very structured nature of our clinic system in the current healthcare model we have doesn't allow physicians a lot of time with their patients to be able to sit and have these type of conversations in a meaningful way. 
So your, your, your better idea is to find a physician that even sometimes you might have to find one that you either pay out of pocket or pay uh, with you know, a, a different kind of um, payment service. There are lots of ideas out there and new technologies that are allowing physicians to you know, um, charge just on a monthly basis. Uh, those are called direct primary care clinics. But they are out there. Physicians are out there. And patients really need to know that they have a choice but it's like anything else. You have to look for the service model that you want to represent you. And that is that includes your hairdresser. That includes your accountant. Sometimes you have to go through a few of them before you find the right fit. And just to back up a little bit, um, going back into the gut, how did you get interested in the microbiome field? Wow. So... When I was a child, I was uh, very sick, and I had to take a lot of antibiotics from the time I was um, probably six months old to the time I was about four to five years old. And I can't even remember a time when I really wasn't taking an antibiotic. So uh, what, that, um, what happened to me as a matter of, of, of that progress um, early in my life on so many medicines was... Um, I did find myself very kind of weak, and you know, my doctor told my mom that you know I wasn't going to be physical, I wasn't going to be very active, you know, not expect a lot from me, and you know, of course, there goes the challenge that's laid down. <laughs> so, so uh, in that, I had to start redefining what me- what made me feel good, and so I started cooking for myself when I was thirteen because I was really on an American diet. My mom was a working mom, hamburger helper, and Fruit Loops, you know, were her go-to for helping her, you know, to to, to you know, get some nutrition in me so she could get to work. And, and you know, back in, during that day, you know, things were supposedly fortified with vitamins and commercials would come on and say how, how nutritious they were, but we know better now. And so when we know better, we do better. And in 13, uh, 14 years old, I started eating foods that really made me feel good. So I would start, you know, steaming rice and steaming vegetables and and uh, grilling, you know, lean meats and things like that. And I just saw, I found that I felt so much better. Little did I know that I was actually changing my microbiome, which was actually supporting my immune system. Back then, we didn't even know the microbiome existed. Uh, only thing we knew back then was that it helps you kind of digest and you do have bacteria down there. Now we know it's so much more important. So I was really, I guess, following my gut even back then. <laughs> How did your mom respond to you cooking? Did you cook for her too? Oh, yeah. I tried to cook for everybody, but unfortunately, um, the culture of uh, eating uh, is very much a, uh, a social event that um, often is based on how you're raised. And, and sometimes uh, if you don't change your diet, I suppose, early enough in life, you pretty much get stuck in ways. <laughs> so so uh, they, they, it, was, uh, it was an intriguing entertainment for them to watch me <laughs> eat. And my dad would always say, oh, if I ate what you were eating, I'd be hungry 10 minutes later. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I would tell him, you know, you can eat small meals throughout the day. So, and it just, it, it actually started the progression of me down like a fitness track that, um, you know, truly reformed my body into, um, into complete physical health. Well, how will a better understanding in the gut environment impact the wellness industry? So the gut environment is something that we really need to understand. And what I think that's so important and paramount is that it's actually a, a science of community. You know, for the first time, we're actually starting to look at what we used to think as enemy and calling it friend. And so all the bacteria in the gut, you know, very much, I mean, there are so many of them that could, that could harm us. 
And now we're starting to turn around and say, where is our common ground? Where is this ecosystem that's within us that we need to repair just as we see outside of us these ecosystems that we need to repair? See, what's happening outside is happening within us as well. I mean, look at the Great Barrier Reefs and look at, um, look at uh, you know, the global warming that's happening. Well, within us is happening something kind of similar um, with the, the loss of our ecosystem of our gut. And so the rebuilding of that, I believe, in the wellness industry is, is, is going to be about nourishing and teaching people to, to be good CEOs of every little cell in their body. And, 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 um, and nurturing care is something that we really haven't learned. So I think wellness industries are going to be well-served to teach the lesson of you know, how, to, how to repair your ecology and how to how to be one with your ecosystem and how many ways we can relearn, um, you know, nurturing yourself. And, and from that, I hope that we can nurture the environment when we learn how to nurture ourselves. How receptive are people when they hear you make those kind of connections? Is, is being able to test the microbiome significant and being able to show what's happening? And, and can you do that? Right. Oh, this is the most phenomenal new news for me that I can actually help someone you know, redirect their microbiome, just like I did when I was 14 years old. I was doing it blindly, but the system that I use for patients actually guides them through a six-step uh, process where they test their um, gut flora every two and a half weeks. And with, uh, with those results, we, use, we implement dietary changes and, and we implement um, ways of being that actually help your gut to be enriched. And I'm able to see those results come back better and better. So really, you're teaching someone gardening. You're teaching really someone how to do interior gardening. And, you know, the way that we run around these day and age is we don't have time for vegetable gardening. But, you know, the fact that we carry our garden, in, uh, you know, within us whenever we go and whatever we eat either feeds it or denies its food is something to uh, think of. If, if you're a gardener at heart, just remember you're always ter- carrying around your garden within you. <laughs> Well, what are some things that we can all do daily to improve the health of our microbiomes and take care of our garden? Oh, my goodness. So many things. So the gut biome is uh, enriched by you actually uh, living the life you know you need to live. <laughs> that means sleeping well uh, because, uh, you know, the, the gut bacteria have to sleep too. And uh, so, you know, you're, you're uh, you know, when people are pregnant, they say they're eating for two or they're sleeping for two. Well, you know, you're, you're sleeping, eating for 100 trillion. So, you know, they're in, if you're going to look at the numbers as a good, um, good indicator and, and motivator as to, you know, how to take care of yourself. Um, you also need to eat foods that nourish the gut flora. The bacteria in your gut are actually doing so many things on a daily basis from making neurotransmitters that your brain uses to making hormone-like mediators that you, your endocrine glands and systems use. There is not a part of your body that the gut microbiome does not reach. It is your um, motherboard. It is a, another brain, as a matter of fact. It has so many neurons in the area of uh, your gut that it is a thinking system. And bacteria have been around for 4 billion years, and they are the best at intracellular communication. So, you know, if we want to kind of consider ourselves like a computer, you know, to, to actually set up the Wi-Fi network within yourself so that everybody knows what's going on in real time, just like on being on Wi-Fi and everything's connected, we do have to set up this intracellular communication. And the gut biome has been doing that for centuries and ages. 
And the problem is with eating wrong, um, unfortunately, we're losing a lot of our uh, heritage species of the gut microbiome that we need to survive and to do the daily, uh, the daily work. Uh, unfortunately, uh, what we're finding is that all of this communication that's happened over eons, the microbiome, when it does start to diminish or dwindle, you know, are leading to inflammation issues in the body. You know, we're wondering why we have so many autoimmune diseases now and uh, how, why we're having so many diseases and chronic issues that you know, never really plagued humanity before. And I think a lot of it does reside in the gut. I was always told that if you eat properly, you should be able to get all the nutrients that your body needs. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us have so many things going on with stress mm -hmm. and work. So if you can't find the time to get the food that you need, do you recommend supplements or is it that's not an option? You need to make time. Mm. Well, you know, supplements are an option. Uh, also staying away from things in the environment. You know, a lot of uh, things like... Uh, Antibiotics will completely clear out all of your good bacteria. Um, it's, it's absolutely proven. And it, it comes back over time. But just think about a child with chronic ear infections. They're going from one antibiotic to another antibiotic to another antibiotic. And over time, it's slower and slower to get that gut microbiome back into a healthy level. So, you know, some of the things that you can do are stay away from things that you know would, would hurt your gut. And that is, if you have the sniffles, don't go for the Z-Pack. You know, a, a normal cold lasts five to 10 days. The average person does get a cold three to five times a year. You know, it does start in your nose and usually ends up with a cough that's dry and then becomes productive. So, you know, we actually need to kind of start realizing that normal viruses and things like that don't need to be treated with antibiotics. And if you're looking for a supplement, some of the best things you can buy are some of the fibers. Fibers are prebiotic that feed the gut flora. So you're literally serving it a T-bone steak down there. It's version of a T-bone steak. And uh, some of those uh, types of fibers are called resistant starches. Uh, you can get them online or you can get them from uh, pretty much anywhere. Uh, inulin is a very good one. Uh, inulin is a fiber made of the chicory root. And it's uh, not very digestible, but yet the uh, gut microbiome love it. Um, and it uh, allows the gut microbiome to create um, uh, metabolites that actually help the body. Uh, so other forms of uh, fiber, um, there are just so many. But um, if you, if you want to get it from your food, it's always best, to be honest with you. What would you say is happening in today's culture with understanding the gut and our microbiomes and how accessible is treatment into some of these things that you just mentioned? Is it just a matter of going online? Uh, well, you know, there's so much information out there. And what I see right now is that a lot of probiotics and prebiotics and microbiome is becoming the buzzword. And with that, there are a lot of people just trying to make a lot of money from that. And so what we need to realize is that this is a very young, new science and it is a quantum level science of interconnections, uh, how the bacteria react to you, how do the bacteria react to, to each other, how bacteria react to the food you eat. All of it is a commensal, huge operation of relationships. And this is going to take years to unravel and unwind and be able to get the wisdom from what all those relationships are. So to, to think that we know more than we do right now is probably the biggest uh, fault I see. Uh, we do have to realize that a lot of the studies are just uh, in mice right now, and mice are not people. So as we are able to start to look further and further into people as uh, you know, testing entities for, for the gut microbiome, 
then we'll know a lot more. But I would just say, buyer beware. And uh, I also would say, make sure, you know, if you're going to educate yourself, educate yourself from platforms that are putting out um, a microbiome uh, information in the form of, you know, YouTube, uh, TEDx uh, has some good ones. Um, physicians that are uh, leading the, the, the drive are good because you know, they typically are seeing patients every day for their living and not necessarily selling you the, the prebiotic or the probiotic to make their living. Dr. Amy Coleman is CEO and founder of WellSmart and is author of the book, Discovering Your Own Doctor Within. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Ag Future Podcast, presented by Alltech. For show notes and more episodes, visit alltech.com forward slash agfuture.